Hey, uh, talking about the president as well, we also inherit what the president said. You know, we know that there are public gatherings that are allowed over 50% capacity. And if you are indoors, you are allowed to have close to 500 people that you can gather together. If I'm not mistaken, is it 250 or 500? I forgot. But the president has spoken and things are opening up. As the leadership of the church, we are going to be having a conversation on Tuesday and we're going to be thinking and dreaming about how this affects us as a church and how things are going to look uh, like going forward. So please bear with us a little bit as we dream, as we think, as we pray over this new season that is upon us. But as always, we welcome all the suggestions that you might have. And yeah, pray with us, pray for us. These are trying times indeed. So if you are joining us for the first time, you're finding us in the series in the book of Acts. And this book, as I've said when I started, for me, and I don't know for you, but the past two weeks have been even impactful on me as the person who's preaching. And I'm hoping that it has helped you and it has done something for you too. So for those who don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso, and I have the awesome, awesome privilege of leading this community called Following Jesus. So as we continue with the book of Acts, Today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We'll be focusing on Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But before we go straight into it, let's hear and watch this video about Denzel Washington, an American famous, famous actor, the veteran of acting himself, talk about how the Holy Spirit has impacted his life. What, what did he do for your life? I mean, what, how did he inform who you are as a person? How did he shape who you are as a person? My father was a, a, a gentle man, a, a man of God, was saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, a, a, a longstanding elder member of the church. And he was all spirit. I mean, he was all spirit, really gentle uh, uh, human being. You gave your life to Christ at what age? Well, a couple of three times, you know. <laughs> you had to make sure. You had to make sure. I gave it up, you know, early on. I was like, shoot, this is it. Then I was like, and this is, I'm laughing, but I was filled with the Holy Ghost and it scared me. I was like, wait a minute, I didn't want to go this deep. You know, mm. I didn't want to party, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so in, in fact, in, in uh, 1981 or 82, Robert Townsend, took me yeah i went to yeah. church robert townsend and, and when it came time to come down to the altar i said you know this time i'm just gonna go down there and give it up and see what happens and i went in the prayer room and gave it up and let go and experienced something i've never experienced in my life and, and I, I remember calling my mother afterwards and asking her i said well you know it felt like i was going up in the air and and my cheeks were filled. She said, oh, no, that's the devil you purging. I said, yeah, yeah, my <laughs> cheeks were filled. And, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a supernatural, if not once in a lifetime experience, once in this lifetime experience, that I couldn't completely understand at the time. It's amazing how God will give you an indelible mark in terms of an experience that no matter how much you may stray away from or deviate from 
you never forget that moment, the power of that moment. You and I, when we were at lunch, you were telling me like it happened to you the day before we went to lunch. Right. It was still so real and so powerful. And that kept you somewhat grounded as you were exposed to other things, correct? In spite of myself. It kept me grounded in spite of myself. I, I mean, I, I accepted it. I definitely experienced it, but I wasn't ready to live it. Ah, ah. I wasn't ready to live it. That was 90, I don't know how old I was then, but I wasn't ready to live it then. And and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who, obviously not the only one who's gone through that kind of experience. So, right. so, right. so I, had to, I had to go through all of that. And, 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 you know, I remember my mother saying to me, she says, you know, Denzel, you, you do a lot of good, but it's time for you to do good the right way. And she said, and you know what I'm talking about. She said, you know, you can't buy your way into heaven. <laughs> Not that I was trying to, but I, I have, you know, I, I'm a giver. I always have been, helped build a lot of things. But I never forgot that. And I knew, you know, on my journey, and we all have our individual journeys, that I wasn't where I needed to be yet, but I knew I was on the right track. But it doesn't mean that the rest of your life is going to go the way it should. You know, it's not like, oh, I had this moment. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Now everything's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. No, perfect. No. And, oh, boy. And, and, you know, and you know this. because I'm a witness. I'm a witness. The buddy. next day, I'm ready to save everybody. Yeah, now, yeah. You know, I'm in charge of saving people, you know. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of a few spiritual muggings back in my early days myself. So yeah, I'm gonna use that spiritual. <laughs> There's an old saying: you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Amen. You, know, you can't take it with you. The Egyptians tried it. All they got was rock. Mm -hmm. So I don't put the value in monetary and and, and all of those things. I mean, I've tried everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't pay off, for lack of a better word. I just want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. That's what I want. It, it, I, I don't care where I am in that number, in that line. It, I didn't say I want to be first, last, in the middle. I, 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 I know I won't be alone, but I, I want more than anything else in my life to be in that number. Amen, my brother. That's, now it's time for the benediction. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I enjoyed listening to Denzel talk about the Holy Spirit in the way that he did. You know, you don't often hear or see celebrities open up about their religion, their faith, and it's always awesome when we hear someone who's known by the world, who can speak so openly about their faith, and yeah, who can be a model for all of us. But I also love the fact that when Denzel was talking, um, he, he shows that just because you have the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be perfect, you know. He told a story about how he received the Holy Spirit, but he was not ready yet to live the life offered by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he says the Holy Spirit kept him grounded, which is what we most of us know. When we have the Holy Spirit, it grounds us, it humbles us. And he says when he received the Holy Spirit, he was not ready to live according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to live according to the will of God. And these are some of the topics that we'll be talking about today. To say when we have the Holy Spirit, it does not necessarily mean immediately we will be perfect. Immediately we'll get our act together. It simply means we have God 
living in us, guiding us, leading us, and there's different roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm hoping to touch on some of those today. So when Jesus was talking to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, he says to them in Acts chapter 1, we'll read from verse 6 to 8, and it reads as follows. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But listen to this. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth and the ends of the earth. I want us to rewind a little bit and just talk about what we spoke about last week. Jesus is sitting with his disciples and they are excited about him having resurrected. They are excited about him really um, showing that he's the Messiah and they are ready to, to, to be part of Team Jesus and they, 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 are, they are you know filled with awe. They are filled with belief. They now are convinced that he is indeed the Messiah, but they still are stuck to their, they are still stuck to their worldly ways of thinking because they are thinking about their oppression. They are thinking about the kingdom that they are living under, the Roman Empire, the Roman kingdom, the kingdom that is oppressing them, the kingdom that has oppressed their forefathers, and the kingdom that has basically being a burden on their shoulders. So they are excited and they are saying, hey, Jesus, listen, are you ready to give power back to us? What power are you talking about when you say the Holy Spirit will come and give us power? Is it power to restore our kingdom? And as we spoke last week, Jesus says, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my father's kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom that says we don't go looking after power. We don't go gaining power, but we give away power. You know, the kingdom that we know was too radical for the Pharisees at the time, for the Roman Empire, because that kingdom was not talking about being saved. It was talking about saving others. You know, the kings who were part of kingdoms and all their workers, they were all looking for power. And Jesus says, no, in my father's kingdom, we don't look for power. We give away power. So this movement of Jesus, this theology of Jesus, this new empowerment that Jesus is talking about had nothing to do with the power that the disciples had in mind. Because you see, like we said last week, the kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom. But the earthly kingdom is the one that fades away, is the one that's not eternal, is the one that disappoints, is the one that will never satisfy us. And we have seen with the coronavirus uh, all over the world that those who've been building their small kingdoms here on earth, those kingdoms came crumbling down because of coronavirus. A lot of people thought like King Nebuchadnezzar when they looked at all they owned and they thought no one will ever touch me. I'm untouchable. And then coronavirus came and humbled them. And that is to show us that these kingdoms will never satisfy us. 
all these kingdoms that exist that is oppressing others and all of these kingdoms that depend on enslaving others for them to be successful is not the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom that God is talking about. The kingdom that God and that Jesus is teaching about had nothing to do with gaining power here on earth, but have everything about saving the almighty God and telling everyone about this Jesus that we are talking about. So the power that Jesus is talking about was the power to do ministry, was the power to do his father's work, not the power to sit on a throne and rule others. It was the power to do God's work. So when the scriptures tell us that Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. That power had nothing to do with ruling over others, but it, had, it meant everything to do with doing his ministry, working for the kingdom of God, the kingdom that is upside down, the kingdom that goes against the wind, the kingdom that doesn't depend on governments. So, hey, we know that Jesus' power is not the power that comes to oppress others, that comes to look down on others. In fact, we know that it's the power that humbles, that brings humility in the equation. It's the power that saw Jesus remove his clothes and putting a towel over himself and taking an image of a slave and watch it, washing his disciples' feet. So the power that Jesus is talking about is a different kind of power. But today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So who's the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? So we learn that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. We know that we have the... Um, God the Father, we have God the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit is not a new concept. Just because only in Acts we see the disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit is not a new concept. The Bible tells us that in Genesis, it says in Genesis 1, verse 1 to 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters listen to this and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters so the holy spirit is the spirit of god that is poured upon us so this tells us that in the beginning of time the spirit was there the spirit of god and it tells us the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters so we learn that when the earth was still formless, the Spirit of God was already there. And also we continue to see in the Old Testament that the prophets were being filled. This, I mean, not filled, the Spirit of God was upon them. They were doing God's work because the Spirit of God was upon them. We see the Spirit of God on Joseph. We see the Spirit of God on Samson. We see the Spirit of God, I mean, we can, Isaiah, a lot of the prophets had the Spirit of God upon them, and that is why they could have dreams. Daniel was, had the Spirit of God upon him. That is why he could interpret dreams. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the Spirit of God in use and the Spirit of God in action in the Old Testament. So the Spirit of God is not a New Testament um, phenomenon. It was there in the beginning of time. The God the Father was there before 
anything existed. God the Son was there before anything existed. And God the Holy Spirit was there before everything else existed. So the Spirit of God is what we need as children of God to do God's work. It's what we need to be empowered with. It's what we need to have inside of us, upon us, for us to do God's work. But here is a sad thing. They say that 90%, can you believe it? 90% of the things that are happening in churches today are happening without the help of the Holy Spirit. I want that to sink in a little bit. 90% of what is happening today in churches is happening without the help of the Holy Spirit. As the leader of following Jesus, the day you see that I'm not led by the Holy Spirit myself, the day you see that this church community is not led by Holy Spirit himself, I want you to hold me accountable, hold the leaders accountable, because without the Holy Spirit, God's work cannot go forward. There is nothing of God that should happen without God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us. I do not want to be part of a community that depends on its own intellect, that depends its own strength to do things. I want to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, and to guide us and to lead us as a community of following Jesus. As we follow Jesus, may we follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. So I pray and I hope that all of us depend on the Holy Spirit. I pray that all of us will see the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we're going to continue with this topic, as I will be unpacking it, I hope that we'll start seeing even in small things how the Holy Spirit is shaping us and leading us and guiding us. So there are many ways in which the Holy Spirit can manifest in our lives today. The Bible tells us, even in John chapter 6, it says that when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide us and He will convict us. And it says that He will be our advocate. So we see the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that the Holy Spirit is there to convict us. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. The Holy Spirit is there to stand on our behalf, to be our advocate, to fight for us. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. The Holy Spirit is there to be the spirit of truth in the midst of lies. The Holy Spirit is there to play different roles in our lives. So here's a question that I want to ask you. How are you experiencing this relationship with the Holy Spirit in the season that you find yourself in? Are you, are, you ex are you experiencing him as your advocate, as the one who's fighting on your behalf? Are you experiencing him as the one who's guiding every decision you make? Maybe you have a lot of decisions to make and you're asking the Holy Spirit, please walk with me, guide me. 
Are you experiencing the Holy Spirit as the one who's convicting you? You know that some of the stuff that you've been doing, some of the stuff you've been involved in, is stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, and the Holy Spirit convicts you. It's that small voice inside that keeps saying, Hey, hey, Begala, look here, don't do this, don't go there. You know, like Jonah, when God says, Go there, and he changes direction. The Holy Spirit is there to convict us, is there to give us conviction about things of God, is there to tell us that this is not of God, this is of God. The Holy Spirit is there as a helper, is there as an advocate, a comforter, a guide, the spirit of truth. There are many roles that we see the Holy Spirit plays in our hearts. And we see that the Holy Spirit himself produces fruit in our lives produces fruit in our lives so without the holy spirit in our lives we can produce nothing but with the holy spirit dwelling inside of us we can produce much fruit jesus in john chapter 15 says if you abide in me and i abide in you you will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing so you see the holy spirit without the help of the holy spirit we can do nothing to advance the kingdom of god we can do nothing in our own strength how many things have you tried to do in your own strength maybe this is time for you to surrender to jesus and say jesus please fill me afresh with your spirit because it has never left me it just needs to be refilled the cup needs to be filled up so that it overflows and guess what when the cup overflows oh my gosh it spills up and touches other areas imagine if we as believers of god were filled with the holy spirit and were on fire for god Imagine the impact that we'll be doing. Imagine how we'll be loving unconditionally. How we'll be serving unconditionally. How we'll be ambassadors representing Jesus everywhere we go. Our marriages would be looking different. Our children, our families would be looking different. Our workplaces would be looking different. The way we forgive would look different. The way we serve would look different. Hey, we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot be part of the church that says 90% of things happen without the help of the Holy Spirit. But I'm not saying these things to condemn you. I'm saying these things to remind you of the beauty of what happens in us, through us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to be with us, and to walk with us. There is something beautiful that happens. We see in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they became on fire for Christ. They were witnesses in Jerusalem. They were witnesses in Judea. They were witnesses in Samaria and the ends of the earth. And today we are benefactors of this empowerment that came, of this excitement that came over the disciples. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we have the power, we have all that we need to do God's work. We have all that we need to impact others. But you see, when we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, like the disciples, we can find ourselves asking wrong questions. Questions such as, hey, when are you restoring our kingdom? Hey, when are you giving back my job? Hey, when are you restoring this? Hey, when are you doing this for me, Christ? And Christ is saying, do not concern, about, do not concern yourself about those things. But concern yourself about this. When the Holy Spirit is activated in you, 
you will be my witnesses. You will tell people about me because we are not for this kingdom. We are for the eternal kingdom. And guess what? When we are about that business, Jesus takes care of our business. Jesus empowers us through the Holy Spirit to know how to behave during difficult seasons. You know, there's someone who asked me this question during our young adult conversation. And they said, hey, is the Holy Spirit still there during difficult times? Or during difficult times, Ujafati, he runs away and he doesn't care about you. In fact, during the difficult times, we have the Holy Spirit as our comforter, as our encourager. We have the Holy Spirit as our advocate, the one who fights for us. We have the Holy Spirit as the one who will guide us, who will be our helper in difficult situations. So good news is, during the bad times, it is the Holy Spirit who guides us. During the times when people are lying to us and people are doing funny things to us, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to walk in this journey of truth because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth himself and he convicts us to follow him in his own footsteps. So we realize and we see that the Holy Spirit plays an important role in our lives and it's important for us to also know and to remember not to be hard on ourselves when we see ourselves not behaving in the ways that are in line with the Holy Spirit. We live in this fallen world, but we don't remain in this fallen world. So when we, when we slip up, when we do mistakes, when we go out of line, the important thing is we can go back to the Holy Spirit. We can go back to the Father and humble ourselves and turn from our bad ways. And guess what? He will reconnect with us. God loves being in relationship with us because if he did not, he would not choose to dwell in us. So my prayer for you and me is for his kingdom to be established in our hearts, is for his Holy Spirit to be established in our hearts, to be always activated in our hearts so that the way we walk will reflect Jesus. The way we serve will reflect Jesus. The way we talk will reflect Jesus. The way we love will reflect Jesus. So over this period of the lockdown, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Many people believe that if you are not rolling on the floor, if you are not barking like a dog, if you are not screaming and shouting and crying and doing crazy things, you are not filled by the Holy Spirit. Many people believe that if you are not talking in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit live inside of you. I'm here this morning. I'm here today to free you and say you do not have to do all of those things to prove that you have been filled by the Holy Spirit. Those things are there and they do happen to some people and they do manifest in some people, but not all of us will experience the Holy Spirit the same way. So you are not less of a Christian if you've never barked like a dog, if you've never uh, screamed and rolled on the floor and saw yourself shaking and your body shaking. We all experience the Holy Spirit differently. So I want to encourage you today that just because you haven't experienced these other things, it does not mean you are less of a Christian. But I still have to ask you this question because the Holy Spirit lives in us and we all experience him. Is just we experience him differently. How have you experienced the Holy Spirit during this lockdown? Over your life, over your Christian journey, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit? In your hearts, 
How have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Has it been just about survival? Has it been just about, you know, trying to live one day at a time and you forgot about the one who lives in you? Have you felt lonely and alone and forgot that you can never be alone? You can be lonely but never alone because the one who's called God himself is in you through his Holy Spirit? Because I know that when times are hard, we can think that the Holy Spirit is not there. We can think that he's not there, he doesn't hear us, he doesn't care about us. And like another question I was asked this week on our um, small group with the young adults is, person said, can the Holy Spirit ever leave us? Can he leave us and go? And my belief is that the answer is no. But the, also, I know that us, when we are drifting away from God, when we are doing things that are not in line with his will, when we are far away from God, what we do, we are the ones who are drifting away from God. God never drifts away from us. We drift away from him. And anytime we come back, he never drifts away. He always meets us halfway. When we come back, he comes and meets us halfway because God loves being in relationship with us. God loves being in us and being in relationship with us and working and walking with us in all our flaws and all our limitations, in all our successes. God loves being part of our journey and our story. Because you see, it's impossible to try love your neighbor who doesn't love you back, who throws leaves over the wall, who throws things over the wall into your house, your neighbor who doesn't greet you all the time, no matter how many times you say, and the neighbor just looks at you and doesn't greet you. It's hard to love that person. But when the Holy Spirit is in you and when he guides you, you do things that you didn't think you can do. You do the unthinkable. You love the unlovable. When your kids are out of line, when your kids have lost it, <laughs> you love them. When you feel like killing them because they've been so naughty, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are able to be reminded by the Holy Spirit of the love that you have within you because of the Holy Spirit. So we can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John chapter 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll produce much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So it is clear that without the Holy Spirit, we can never do anything. We can never do anything for God without God. We can never do anything on behalf of God without God's help through the Holy Spirit. Good luck to you trying to serve your boss at work who doesn't appreciate your efforts, who doesn't even see you and value you. And every day you arrive on time, you are always showing up on time for meetings on Zoom and you are always delivering your work on time, but still your work and your boss does not value you, does not see the value that you are bringing and you're feeling frustrated. Good luck to you trying to serve your boss without the help of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit gives you patience. The Holy Spirit makes you love. The Holy Spirit makes you patient and kind in situations where you don't feel like being kind. In fact, when I talk about that, let me tell you what Galatians says about the Holy Spirit. It says this is what the Holy Spirit will do for you. The Holy Spirit will produce this kind of fruit in your life. It will produce love. It will produce joy. It will produce peace 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, the Holy Spirit makes us different kind of human beings because when we don't feel like loving, the Holy Spirit comes and helps us to love. When we don't have joy in our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes and activates joy in our lives because the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we don't have peace in our lives, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and God is peace himself and peace lives in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. So we can access the Holy Spirit. We can access peace and not just you know, have peace, but be peacemakers in situations. We can be the ones who bring reconciliation into situations because we have the Holy Spirit who lives with us. We can be patient through the help of the Holy Spirit because when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we produce the fruit of patience, the fruit of kindness, the fruit of goodness. We become good even in situations where we have to not be good because we are not living for this kingdom, but for the eternal kingdom that is ruled by God himself, a God of mercy, a God of patience, a God of love. Because you see the characteristics that I've just told you about, these are not characteristics that are sometimes part of God. These are characteristics that are God themselves. They represent God themselves because you see God is love. God is joy. God is peace. God is patient. God is kind. God is faithful. God is good. So when we read about these characteristics that God says we can produce through the help of the Holy Spirit, what God is saying is if you have the Holy Spirit activated in your heart, you can produce me through you. You can produce my characteristics through the Holy Spirit that empowers you. So Jesus comes to his disciples and says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Judea. So when we have the Holy Spirit and when we produce this fruit, guess what we're doing? We are the witnesses of Christ. We are the ones who are witnesses in our situations and circumstances through the Holy Spirit that empowers us. We are the ones who are bringing love in situations where there is no love. So we are the ones who are witnesses we are witnesses of christ by bringing peace by bringing joy by bringing kindness into situations sometimes our situations can make us feel like we don't want to love anymore and yes in our own strength it will be tough for us to love in our own strength like i said earlier it will be tough for us to do anything to partner with god in anything in our own strength so what do we need to advance the kingdom of God? What do we need to live in line with his will? What do we need to continue producing fruit and being his witnesses in all the situations? We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is the power that Christ was talking about. The power to love when we don't feel like loving. The power to serve when we don't feel like saving. The power to forgive when we don't feel like forgiving. So, how would you like this power to help you in this season? How would you like to receive this power in this season? How have you received and dealt with the Holy Spirit during these tough times of the lockdown? How has the Holy Spirit showed up during these times of the lockdown? In this season, have you felt 
a touch of the Holy Spirit, or it's been about survival in your life, and all you did was to survive, how has this moment been like for you? Have you felt lonely? Have you felt alone? Have you felt like the Holy Spirit has left you and God is not seeing you? Sometimes when it's about survival, that's all we can think of. Surviving. And forget there is the one who doesn't want us to survive, who wants us to live. Because sometimes we can be walking, but not living. We can be awake, but not living. And the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon us, when it's activated in, our, in us, we will live. We will have joy when there is no joy. We will have peace when there is no reason to have peace because everything around us is going wrong. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, He will guide our minds, He will guide our hearts, and He will give us peace. So what do we need? What do you need the Holy Spirit to do for you today? In which area of your life would you like the Holy Spirit to show up today? How would you like the Holy Spirit to show up today? Would you like him to show up as the comforter? Would you like him to show up as the one who fights for you, the advocate? Would you like him to be the helper, to be your guide? Would you like him to be your comforter? How would you like your Holy Spirit to hold your hand today? I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to say to you, we're not always going to feel like the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. But we must never forget that greater is He who lives in us than the one who's in the world. So when the moments of the world, when the moments in our lives are taking us and drifting us away from Him, let's remember that we have the one in us who can help us come back. And let's run towards Him. Let's pursue a relationship with Him. So I'm asking again, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit in this season? How would you like to experience the Holy Spirit going forward? Have you, felt, have you felt like he's been guiding you throughout? Have you felt like he's left you? The Bible tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never lead us nor forsake us. You know, as the president announced this week that we are now in level one and things are opening and groups can gather and churches can meet and all of these things. I've been praying and we are going to continue talking with the OT and saying, Holy Spirit, please lead us. Please guide us into this new season. What is it that you want us to do? What are you inviting us to in this new season? Please, Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us. Please guide us and lead us in this new season. So my prayer is for the Holy Spirit to guide us. I don't want to do anything that is not led by the Holy Spirit. And as the OT, I think we have the same mind. And as a church, I think we should have the same mind. We should be open to the Holy Spirit to guide us, to take us where he wants to go. You know, in the book of Acts, as we read forward, Paul and the disciples and some of the disciples of Christ wanted to go to a certain area and twice the Holy Spirit said, no, do not go. Do not go to that area. And instead, a man came in Paul's dream and said, come to Macedonia because we need you to come share the good news of Christ there. So I'm here to encourage you, even as a church, 
during these confusing times, as difficult times, we need to take the lead of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to take our own lead. We don't need to come up with ideas that we think are of men. We need to take the lead and re respond in the invitation that God is giving us in this season. So won't you pray with us? Won't you pray for us? And pray for yourself too, for God to open your heart and your mind in the new season. And so that when God speaks to you and say, I want you to move left, you can move left. And when God says, no, let's go right, you can go right. For me in this season, I would like the Holy Spirit to be my guide. I would like him to be my helper. I would like him to be my peace. I would like him to be my comforter, to bring clarity in confusing situations. As I lead this community, I want to depend on the Holy Spirit to help me lead this community. And I'm hoping that wherever you are, you are also expecting and expectant of what God is doing in your own life. So how would you like to experience God in this season? How would you like to experience God in this season? Because guess what? It is through the Holy Spirit that we have power. It is through the Holy Spirit that we can be witnesses it is through the help of the Holy Spirit that we can be light of the world. We can be salt of the world. But definitely in our own strength, we will miss the mark. In our own strength, we will surely miss the mark. The Holy Spirit still lives today. The Holy Spirit still lives in us and through us. And we will experience him differently and all of us will have a different story to tell. And I believe that the Holy Spirit today can still manifest through miracles, through signs and wonders, using us, using our hands, when we believe and when we allow Him to do work in our hearts. As I said earlier, we don't always have to respond or receive or experience the Holy Spirit the same way. But I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is still at work today because I've experienced it. So the story I'm about to share, I'm not sharing it and saying this is the only way the Holy Spirit works. He's worked in different ways. In fact, in following Jesus, I remember myself and Alexander, we prayed for a lady who came in walking with a walking stick and the same afternoon, she was walking at the shopping center with her family without a walking stick. And they called us and said, what have you done to our granny? Because now she's walking all over the place. The ladies in the village are asking who healed her. They want to come for that same medicine. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit that healed her leg. So I still believe. So I remember experiencing the Holy Spirit in a way that was, I had never experienced him like this before. It was 2 a.m., my child was sleeping, and I heard my child crying and calling for me. So I woke up and I went to the room, and I opened her room, and she was sleeping like she never woke up. I tried to, hey, baby, are you okay? And she was snoring, and she was fast asleep. So you can imagine I was very annoyed at the time, thinking, come on, I was at the peak of my sleep, and you are disturbing my sleep. As I closed her door, I had a voice that I believe today that it was from God. And it said, go read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Go read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it's a famous verse that we know. 
so I decided, you know what, I'm going to read from verse 1. Let me read what this thing is about. Even though at the time I was like, Lord, please, I'm tired. I mean, seriously, it's 2 a.m. Can't you say this word in the morning? But something in me said, just read it and go to sleep. Do it. So I went to read from verse 1 to verse, I think it was verse 30 or whatever verse that it ends. And then I was there thinking, but okay, I know this verse. I know the scripture. God, what is the revelation about it? And at the time I was frustrated because it was in the middle of the night and I was not hearing anything. I woke up in the morning. I told my wife, shame. She tried to explain or tried to come up with a way to, you know, translate and interpret. And I still didn't feel like it was connecting. Anyway, I left it. And that morning I woke up, took a shower and went on about my business. And we were hosting some young Americans who were coming to South Africa to do some ministry. And we were doing ministry in Zanspreit, just a squatter camp behind our church, you know it. Uh, some of our people who comes to following Jesus, they stay there. And as we were going there, we were walking around the neighborhood. And basically what we did as we walked around, we don't go in and say, hey, we are here to, to share the word of God and everything. We go to the community and say, hey, we are here as the hands and feet of Jesus. Is there anything we can help you with? If we find someone washing the clothes, we ask to help them. We serve them. If they are just sitting, we sit with them and have a conversation about them. And if there is no opportunity to share the gospel, we leave. But we pray for God to open opportunities to share the gospel. Anyway, so as we were walking, my eyes connected with one of these other ladies. And I looked at her and I walked past. And she was sitting inside a shack. And I was walking and I continued hearing a voice saying, go back, go back to that lady, go back. So I took, the, I, I took the team and said, guys, let's go back. We need to go back to that shack. There's someone I saw there and I feel like God wants us to speak to her. We walk into the shack, we find that lady and we find two other people in the room. It's another lady and a daughter, a girl, a, a young girl. We only found out later that she was 12 years old. And this lady says, hey, welcome, welcome, come inside, come inside, please take a seat. And I think it was the six of us, me and the five young Americans. And as we were sitting there, this lady said, guess what, guys? I had a dream last night. I had a dream last night. And the dream was about white people coming into my home to share a message with me. A group of people. And she said there were white people in that group and there were black people in that group. And they came and they had a Bible in them and they were coming to share the word of God with me. So this morning I woke up and I opened my Bible. This lady says, I woke up and I was reading the Bible and I did not understand what I was reading. So I'm hoping that this dream is you guys. You're going to come and explain what I'm reading. So she opens the Bible and says, here's the scripture that I was reading and I don't understand it. And she opens Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And she opens Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For you know the plans that I have for you, the plans to prosper you. It's a famous verse. But you know, this verse, when it was written, life was not so easy. And Jeremiah, when he was writing this, it was not an easy time. So when he's writing this, God is reminding his people that for you know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. So this woman says, please explain to me what I've been reading. 
But it is also at the time when I'm realizing that this is the same scripture that I was reading at 2 a.m. And I'm realizing that God was up to something from that time. God was preparing me for this moment. And I realized that the Holy Spirit is in the room and he's coming to do his work here. So tears start falling down my ears and my body starts shaking because I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I tell this woman that, ma'am, I'm here sent by God to tell you that he loves you, he cares for you, that he's saying stop depending on other people but depend only on him because he loves you and he cares for you and he says he's giving you gifts that he wants you to use for his kingdom and for his glory and he's saying activate those gifts ma'am. These words are just coming out of my mouth and I didn't even know where they were coming from and this woman starts crying and she says you know what I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet who depends on ancestors to tell people their problems and their lives, to cure people I depend on my ancestors. As a prophet, I mix the Bible and I mix it with my ancestors. But today you are confirming to me that this is not about my ancestors. This is a gift that I have from God. So I would like to repent right now and I would like to ask God to forgive me so that I can use this gift for him only, for him to empower me. So we start crying together, we start hugging, we start praying together and we start saying, hey, that's why God brought us here. He brought us here to tell you the good news. He brought us here to tell you amazing news. So this lady gives and recommits her lives to Christ. But as we finish with her, the lady who's sitting there with her daughter, they've been quiet all along. And this lady says, hey, I think that verse is for me too. Because you see, my child, here I brought this child to this woman so that she can prophesy over her. Because you see, my child has a problem with her tongue. Her tongue gets swollen and her tongue, when it's swollen, she can't speak and it foams up and it's just horrible. She's been experiencing this. She's been experiencing this for years and years now. And I finally thought when we can come to this woman, she can heal her. But I think God wants to heal my daughter today through you guys. Please pray for her. So we bring this lady in the center and we pray for her. And as we are praying, I feel again the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I'm more concerned about her spiritual being than her physical being. So talk to her about me and not her physical being. So I stop everyone as we're praying and I say, hey, I forgot her name now. I say, hey, I've just felt something in me say, God is more concerned about your spiritual being and not your physical being. So Jesus is saying to you, girl, he loves you. He cares for you. Do not say that I'm a small child and therefore I can't speak the words. I can't proclaim the good news. Do not say like Jeremiah says in earlier chapters. Do not say I'm a young child and I can't do this. Jesus says to this lady, I'm going to use the tongue that you have been struggling with for you to proclaim my news in the world. There is that Jeremiah chapter and verse again. And this lady, we tell her about Jesus. And remember, she has been sitting there without being able to speak. And all of a sudden, she opens her mouth and says, yes, tell me more about this Jesus. I would like to receive him. And the mother 
cries and weeps because she experiences healing happening right in front of her eyes. The lady who's a prophet hadn't been able to heal this lady and she sees healing taking place in front of her eyes. Because you see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we receive power to do his ministry. We receive power to do miraculous work. But we don't do it. The Holy Spirit does it. So not only was this girl healed, but she received Christ and she's going to spend eternity with Christ and she's going to be his witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and the ends of the earth. By the way, they had traveled from Bloemfontein to come see this woman. So it means this lady is going to take the good news of Christ back to Bloemfontein where she's going to share the good news of Christ and the story of how she got healed. As if that was not enough. The mother of this child says, Hey, I was a follower of Christ long ago. And I backslided and I have now taken the way of the world. But after experiencing everything that I have experienced, I would like to receive Christ back into my life. And we laid hands on her again. And we prayed for her. And she recommitted her life to Christ. By the time we left the room, three people had committed their lives to Christ. A healing had taken place. We witnessed in the life of these people. And we experienced what Jesus was talking about when he said, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, in the ends of the earth. The Americans were sitting there experiencing all of this. Their faith was renewed. They still call me till today and say, hey, we're still telling the world about that story. Everywhere we go, we're proclaiming the miracle that we experienced. And guess what? We are Jesus' witnesses in America now. I'm not sharing the story to make myself better. I'm sharing the story to show you that the Holy Spirit can still move today. The Holy Spirit has the power to move still today. Even though we're not going to experience it the same way. But we need to all, if we all follow Jesus, we need to experience him in one way or the other. How would you like to experience him today? How would you like to experience him today? Would you like him to fill you up again? To fill you afresh today? Would you love to love beyond your understanding again? Would you love to forgive beyond your understanding again? Would you love to be kind beyond your understanding? Would you love to to be patient beyond your own understanding? Would you like to produce this fruit beyond your own understanding? If your answer is yes, just lift up your hands wherever you are. Would you like the Holy Spirit to work in your marriage? Would you like your Holy Spirit to work in your children? Would you like your Holy Spirit to work in you for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Just lift your hands where you are. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the one who comes to empower us. We believe in the one who comes to give us power to do your work. We believe in the one who comes to comfort us in tough situations. We believe in the one who comes to fight for us, our advocate in in, in tough situations where we can't fight for ourselves. 
Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus. Here are your people who are feeling empty this morning. They are crying out to you and they are saying, Lord, fill me afresh. I want my cup to overflow because it is when my cup overflows, Lord, that I will impact others. I will touch others. I will spill over to others. And therefore, your glory can be seen and felt. So, Lord, I pray for your people. I pray for myself. Fill us afresh. Let us experience you in a new way. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. May he be activated in you this morning. I pray that may you will start experiencing God in a new way. I pray that your speech will change. I pray that the way you handle yourself will change, not out of your own strength, but because God has empowered you. God has given you power to do the unthinkable. God has given you power to be his witness in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, in the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey church, I pray and hope that God will keep working in us, through us, and helping us touch the world. May God continue to do work inside our hearts for our inward journeys, for our outward journeys, and for our forward journeys. May we continue to speak only what will glorify Him. May we continue to represent Him everywhere we go. May we continue to depend on Him in everything we do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Until we see each other again, keep well and sharp, sharp.